Part One, Chapter Twelve of The Idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. Part One, Chapter Twelve. Kolya took the prince to a public house in the Litania, not far off. In one of the side-rooms there sat at a table, looking like one of the regular guests of the establishment, Ardalion Alexandrovitch, with a bottle before him, and a newspaper on his knee. He was waiting for the prince, and no sooner did the latter appear than he began a long harangue about something or other but so far gone was he that the prince could hardly understand a word. "'I have not got a ten-rouble note,' said the prince, "'but here is a twenty-five. Change it and give me back the fifteen, or I shall be left without a farthing myself.' "'Oh, of course, of course. And you quite understand that I—' "'Yes, and I have another request to make, General. Have you ever been at Nastasia Filipovna's? I? I? Do you mean me? Orphan, my friend, orphan. I only pretended I had not, in order to avoid a painful subject. You saw to-day, you were a witness, that I did all that a kind and indulgent father could do. Now a father of altogether another type shall step into the scene you shall see the old soldier shall lay bare this intrigue or a shameless woman will force her way into a respectable and noble family yes quite so i wished to ask you whether you could show me the way to nastasia filipovna's to-night i must go i have business with her i was not invited but i was introduced Anyhow, I am ready to trespass the laws of propriety, if only I can get in somehow or other. My dear young friend, you have hit on my very idea. It was not for this rubbish I asked you to come over here. He pocketed the money, however, at this point. It was to invite your alliance in the campaign against Nastasia Filipovna to-night. How well it sounds! general ivolgin and prince muishkin that'll fetch her i think hm capital we'll go at nine there's time yet where does she live oh a long way off near the great theatre just in the square there it won't be a large party the general sat on and on he had ordered a fresh bottle when the prince arrived this took him an hour to drink and then he had another and another during the consumption of which he told pretty nearly the whole story of his life the prince was in despair he felt that though he had but applied to this miserable old drunkard because he saw no other way of getting to nastasia filipovna's yet he had been very wrong to put the slightest confidence in such a man at last he rose and declared he would wait no longer the general rose too drank the last drops that he could squeeze out of the bottle and staggered into the street 
Muishkin began to despair. He could not imagine how he had been so foolish as to trust this man. He only wanted one thing, and that was to get to Nastasia Filipovna's, even at the cost of a certain amount of impropriety. But now the scandal threatened to be more than he had bargained for. By this time Ardalion Alexandrovitch was quite intoxicated, and he kept his companion listening while he discoursed eloquently and pathetically on subjects of all kinds, interspersed with torrents of recrimination against the members of his family. He insisted that all his troubles were caused by their bad conduct, and time alone would put an end to them. At last they reached the Litania. The thaw increased steadily, a warm, unhealthy wind blew through the streets, vehicles splashed through the mud, and the iron shoes of horses and mules rang on the paving-stones. Crowds of melancholy people plodded wearily along the footpaths, with here and there a drunken man among them. "'Do you see those brightly lighted windows?' said the general. "'Many of my old comrades in arms live about here, and I, who served longer and suffered more than any of them, am walking on foot to the house of a woman of rather questionable reputation.' A man, look you, who has thirteen bullets on his breast. You don't believe it? Well, I can assure you it was entirely on my account that Pirogov telegraphed to Paris and left Sevastopol at the greatest risk during the siege. Nelaton, the Tuileries surgeon, demanded a safe conduct in the name of science into the besieged city in order to attend my wounds. The government knows all about it. That's the Evolgin with thirteen bullets in him. That's how they speak of me. Do you see that house, Prince? One of my old friends lives on the first floor with his large family. In this and five other houses, three overlooking Nevsky, two in the Morskaya, are all that remain of my personal friends. Nina Alexandrovna gave them up long ago, but I keep in touch with them still. I may say I find refreshment in this little coterie, in thus meeting my old acquaintances and subordinates who worship me still, in spite of all. General Sokolovitch, by the way I have not called on him lately, or seen Anna Fyodorovna. You know, my dear prince, when a person does not receive company himself, he gives up going to other people's houses involuntarily. And yet... Well, you look as if you didn't believe me. Well, now... Why should I not present the son of my old friend and companion to this delightful family? General Ivolgin and Prince Muishkin. You will see a lovely girl. What am I saying, a lovely girl? No, indeed, two, three. Ornaments of this city and of society. Beauty, education, culture. The woman question. Poetry everything added to which is the fact that each one will have a dot 
of at least eighty thousand roubles no bad thing eh in a word i absolutely must introduce you to them it is a duty an obligation general ivolgin and prince muishkin <coughs> tableau at once now you must have forgotten began the prince no i have forgotten nothing come this is the house up this magnificent staircase i am surprised not to see the porter but it is a holiday and the man has gone off drunken fool why have they not got rid of him sakalovitch owes all the happiness he has had in the service and in his private life to me and me alone but here we are the prince followed quietly making no further objection for fear of irritating the old man at the same time he fervently hoped that general sakalovitch and his family would fade away like a mirage in the desert so that the visitors could escape by merely returning downstairs but to his horror he saw that general ivolgin was quite familiar with the house and really seemed to have friends there at every step he named some topographical or biographical detail that left nothing to be desired on the score of accuracy when they arrived at last on the first floor and the general turned to ring the bell to the right the prince decided to run away but a curious incident stopped him momentarily you have made a mistake general said he the name on the door is Kolakov, and you are going to see General Sakalovitch. Kolakov, Kolakov means nothing. This is Sakalovitch's flat, and I am ringing at his door. What do I care for Kolakov? Here comes someone to open. In fact, the door opened directly, and the footman informed the visitors that the family were all away what a pity what a pity it's just my luck repeated ardalion alexandrovitch over and over again in regretful tones when your master and mistress return my man tell them that general ivolgin and prince muishkin desired to present themselves and that they were extremely sorry excessively grieved just then another person belonging to the household was seen at the back of the hall it was a woman of some forty years dressed in sombre colours probably a housekeeper or a governess hearing the names she came forward with a look of suspicion on her face marie alexandrovna is not at home said she staring hard at the general she has gone to her mother's with alexandra mikhailovna alexandra mikhailovna out too how disappointing would you believe it i am always so unfortunate may i most respectfully ask you to present my compliments to alexandra mikhailovna and remind her tell her that with my whole heart i wish for her what she wished for herself on thursday evening while she was listening to chopin's ballade she will remember 
I wish it with all sincerity. General Ivolgin and Prince Mushkin. The woman's face changed. She lost her suspicious expression. I will not fail to deliver your message, she replied, and bowed them out. As they went downstairs, the general regretted repeatedly that he had failed to introduce the prince to his friends. "'You know I am a bit of a poet,' said he. "'Have you noticed it? The poetic soul, you know.' Then he added suddenly, "'But after all, after all, I believe we made a mistake this time. I remember that the Sokoloviches live in another house.' and what is more they are just now in moscow yes i was certainly at fault however it is of no consequence just tell me said the prince in reply may i count still on your assistance or shall i go on alone to see nastasia filipovna count on my assistance go alone how can you ask me that question when it is a matter on which the fate of my family so largely depends. You don't know Ivolgin, my friend. To trust Ivolgin is to trust a rock. That's how the first squadron I commanded spoke of me. Depend upon Ivolgin, said they all. He is as steady as a rock. But excuse me, I must just call at a house on our way a house where I have found consolation and help in all my trials for years. You are going home? No, I wish to visit Madame Terentiev, the widow of Captain Terentiev, my old subordinate and friend. She helps me to keep up my courage and to bear the trials of my domestic life and as i have an extra burden on my mind to-day it seems to me interrupted the prince that i was foolish to trouble you just now however at present you good-bye indeed you must not go away like that young man you must not cried the general my friend here is a widow the mother of a family her words come straight from her heart and find an echo in mine a visit to her is merely an affair of a few minutes i am quite at home in her house i will have a wash and dress and then we can drive to the grand theatre make up your mind to spend the evening with me we are just there that's the house why kolya you here well is marfa borisovna at home or have you only just come oh no i have been here a long while replied kolya who was at the front door when the general met him i am keeping hippolyte company he is worse and has been in bed all day i came down to buy some cards marfa borisovna expects you but what a state you are in father added the boy, noticing his father's unsteady gait. "'Well, let us go in.' On meeting Kolya, the prince determined to accompany the general, though he made up his mind to stay as short a time as possible. 
he wanted collier but firmly resolved to leave the general behind he could not forgive himself for being so simple as to imagine that ivolgin would be of any use the three climbed up the long staircase until they reached the fourth floor where madame terentieff lived you intend to introduce the prince asked kolya as they went up yes my boy i wish to present him general ivolgin and prince muishkin but what's the matter what how is marfa borisovna you know father you would have done much better not to come at all she is ready to eat you up you have not shown yourself since the day before yesterday and she is expecting the money why did you promise her any you are always the same well now you will have to get out of it as best you can they stopped before a somewhat low doorway on the fourth floor ardalion alexandrovitch evidently much out of countenance pushed muishkin in front i will wait here he stammered i should like to surprise her kolya entered first and as the door stood open the mistress of the house peeped out the surprise of the general's imagination fell very flat for she at once began to address him in terms of reproach marfa borisovna was about forty years of age she wore a dressing-jacket her feet were in slippers her face painted and her hair was in dozens of small plaits no sooner did she catch sight of ardalion alexandrovitch than she screamed there he is that wicked mean wretch i knew it was he my heart misgave me the old man tried to put a good face on the affair come let us go in it's all right he whispered in the prince's ear but it was more serious than he wished to think as soon as the visitors had crossed the low dark hall and entered the narrow reception-room furnished with half a dozen cane chairs and two small card-tables madame terentieff in the shrill tones habitual to her continued her stream of invectives are you not ashamed are you not ashamed you barbarian you tyrant you have robbed me of all i possessed you have sucked my bones to the marrow how long shall i be your victim shameless dishonourable man marfa borisovna marfa borisovna here is the prince muishkin general ivolgin and prince muishkin stammered the disconcerted old man would you believe said the mistress of the house suddenly addressing the prince would you believe that that man has not even spared my orphan children he has stolen everything i possessed sold everything pawned everything he has left me nothing nothing what am i to do with your i o u s you cunning unscrupulous rogue answer devourer answer heart of stone how shall i feed my orphans with what shall i nourish them and now he has come he is drunk he can scarcely stand how oh how have i offended the almighty 
that he should bring this curse upon me answer you worthless villain answer but this was too much for the general here are twenty-five roubles marfa borisovna it is all that i can give and i owe even these to the prince's generosity my noble friend i have been cruelly deceived such is life now excuse me i am very weak he continued standing in the centre of the room and bowing to all sides i am faint excuse me lenotchka a cushion my dear lenotchka a little girl of eight ran to fetch the cushion at once and placed it on the rickety old sofa the general meant to have said much more but as soon as he had stretched himself out he turned his face to the wall and slept the sleep of the just with a grave and ceremonious air marfa borisovna motioned the prince to a chair at one of the card tables she seated herself opposite leaned her right cheek on her hand and sat in silence her eyes fixed on Wushkin, now and again sighing deeply the three children two little girls and a boy Lenotchka being the eldest came and leant on the table and also stared steadily at him presently kolya appeared from the adjoining room i am very glad indeed to have met you here kolya said the prince can you do something for me i must see nastasia filipovna and i asked ardalion alexandrovitch just now to take me to her house but he has gone to sleep as you see will you show me the way for i do not know the street i have the address though it is close to the grand theatre nastasia filipovna she does not live there and to tell you the truth my father has never been to her house it is strange that you should have depended on him she lives near vladimir street at the five corners and it is quite close by will you go directly it is just half-past nine i will show you the way with pleasure kolya and the prince went off together alas the latter had no money to pay for a cab so they were obliged to walk i should have liked to have taken you to see hippolyte said kolya he is the eldest son of the lady you met just now and was in the next room he is ill and has been in bed all day but he is rather strange and extremely sensitive and i thought he might be upset considering the circumstances in which you came somehow it touches me less as it concerns my father while it is his mother that of course makes a great difference what is a terrible disgrace to a woman does not disgrace a man at least not in the same way perhaps public opinion is wrong in condemning one sex and excusing the other hippolyte is an extremely clever boy but so prejudiced he is really a slave to his opinions do you say he is consumptive yes it really would be happier for him to die young 
if i were in his place i should certainly long for death he is unhappy about his brother and sisters the children you saw if it were possible if we only had a little money we should leave our respective families and live together in an apartment of our own it is our dream but do you know when i was talking over your affair with him he was angry and said that anyone who did not call out a man who had given him a blow was a coward he is very irritable to-day and i left off arguing the matter with him so nastasia philipovna has invited you to go and see her to tell you the truth she has not then how do you come to be going there cried kolya so much astonished that he stopped short in the middle of the pavement and and are you going to her at home in that costume i don't know really whether i shall be allowed in at all if she will receive me so much the better if not the matter is ended as to my clothes what can i do are you going there for some particular reason or only as a way of getting into her society and that of her friends no i have really an object in going that is i am going on business it is difficult to explain but well whether you go on business or not is your affair i do not want to know the only important thing in my eyes is that you should not be going there simply for the pleasure of spending your evening in such company cocottes generals usurers if that were the case i should despise and laugh at you there are terribly few honest people here and hardly any whom one can respect although people put on airs varia especially have you noticed prince how many adventurers there are nowadays especially here in our dear russia how it has happened i never can understand there used to be a certain amount of solidity in all things but now what happens everything is exposed to the public gaze veils are thrown back every wound is probed by careless fingers we are forever present at an orgy of scandalous revelations parents blush when they remember their old-fashioned morality at moscow lately a father was heard urging his son to stop at nothing at nothing mind you to get money the press seized upon the story of course and now it is public property look at my father the general see what he is and yet i assure you he is an honest man only he drinks too much and his morals are not all we could desire yes that's true i pity him to tell the truth but i dare not say so because everybody would laugh at me but i do pity him and who are the really clever men after all money-grubbers every one of them from the first to the last hippolyte finds excuses for money-lending and says it is a necessity he talks about the economic movement and the ebb and flow of capital the devil knows what he means it makes me angry to hear him talk so but he is soured by his troubles just imagine the general keeps his mother 
but she lends him money she lends it for a week or ten days at very high interest isn't it disgusting and then you would hardly believe it but my mother nina alexandrovna helps hippolyte in all sorts of ways sends him money and clothes she even goes as far as helping the children through hippolyte because their mother cares nothing about them and varia does the same well just now you said there were no honest nor good people about that there were only money-grubbers and yet they are quite close at hand these honest and good people your mother and varia i think there is a good deal of moral strength in helping people in such circumstances varia does it from pride and likes showing off and giving herself airs as to my mother i really do admire her yes and honour her hippolyte hardened as he is feels it he laughed at first and thought it vulgar of her but now he is sometimes quite touched and overcome by her kindness mm, you call that being strong and good i will remember that gania knows nothing about it he would say it was encouraging vice ah gania knows nothing about it it seems there are many things that gania does not know exclaimed the prince as he considered colia's last words do you know i like you very much indeed prince i shall never forget about this afternoon i like you too colia listen to me you are going to live here are you not said colia i mean to get something to do directly and earn money then shall we three live together you and i and hippolyte we will hire a flat and let the general come and visit us what do you say it would be very pleasant returned the prince but we must see i am really rather worried just now what are we there already is that the house what a long flight of steps and there's a porter well colia i don't know what will come of it all the prince seemed quite distracted for the moment you must tell me all about it to-morrow don't be afraid i wish you success we agree so entirely that i can do so although i do not understand why you are here good-bye cried colia excitedly now i will rush back and tell hippolyte all about our plans and proposals but as to your getting in don't be in the least afraid you will see her she is so original about everything it's the first floor the porter will show you end of part one chapter twelve recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey